0: On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we salute the grandeur, countryside charms and unstoppable sense of adventure waiting to be explored across the vast expanse of Selwyn, bookmarked by the Waimakariri and Rakaia rivers and stretching from the ocean to the Alps. Welcome to Selwyn. Welcome back to Kiwi
1: Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And
2: now. Over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. And
0: welcome aboard to Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Chris Lynch. I'm Mike Yardley, great to be with you, and a very happy new year, Chris. I trust you've had a exciting holiday break?
2: Nope, wow. no break for me, I've been working. Yes. I'm a real worker, Mike, Yes, but that's okay. Very virtuous. I'm looking forward to some time off. <laughs> yes, looking for. Looking forward to some time off eventually, but uh, you've actually given me some ideas because we're kicking off the new season uh, by exploring the heartland of Canterbury, Selwyn, and it's one of those best ways to get a flavour for the sense of the place is to, I reckon, to take a a decent bit of a road trip on the Selwyn's Great
0: Alpine Highway, which uh, you've done, and it's more exciting than it first seems. That's right, because most people who would head out on that route would be heading from Canterbury across to the west coast. So it's all about getting to your destination, isn't it? But the thing about State Highway 73, which is nicknamed the Great Alpine Highway, is that if you give it the time and the energy... Uh, And the consideration and the love, it will reward you in spades because there is just so much to see. A lot of hidden gems uh, on this particular route. So heading out of Christchurch, you go across the checkerboard of the Canterbury Plains and then through the foothills of the Southern Alps all the way to Arthur's Pass. The total drive time to Arthur's Pass is only two hours. So slow it right down and just hopscotch your way happily uh, to
2: Arthur's Pass. Yeah, good idea. Just out of Christchurch, Melton Estate is an early
0: afternoon attraction. It is indeed. It's only about 15 minutes or so from Christchurch. And uh, shortly we will talk to Philip Conter from Melton Estate. But the fact you've got vineyards and this wonderful wine venue on the Alpine Highway probably will strike some people as an unexpected surprise. Um, But they are the sort of gems that decorate the Alpine Highway. And from West Melton, yes, you charge westwards uh, across those. Plains, through Darfield, and Darfield itself is quite a cute little place if you give at the time. It's a good, honest country town, uh, very much a pie stop, and if you are feeling peckish, a place I would recommend you go to on the main highway is the Fat Beagle Cafe. I love that name, the Fat Beagle. Um, they serve hummingbird coffee, really good homemade, wholesome food. You can't go wrong with one of the Aruban sandwiches. You're
2: so right about describing a uh, Dalfield as an honest town. It's just a, it is a lovely place, and the people are really nice too. Any other standout food stops? We'll definitely call
0: into Springfield, which I think has become the foodie stop of the trip. You've got the tallest range shuffling ever closer, so the planes are about to end. So time to um, uh, tuck into some good food. Of course, you've got that famous pink donut there, the six-tonne landmark, uh, celebrating the Simpsons movie release many years ago. And right next to the landmark, very conveniently, the Springfield Donuts Caravan, so you can grab some freshly cooked donuts, choose your own toppings, but even better, just past the caravan, uh, this magnificent hospitality hotspot that has very much been a child of the pandemic because it's celebrating its second anniversary right now, two years old. Taste of Kiwi Cafe. These guys are open daily for breakfast and lunch. Um, They've got the cabinet food and then they've got a really nice um, set menu as well. What I love about what they do, and this speaks to their name, Taste of Kiwi, they've basically taken a whole lot of Kiwi classics and given them a bit of a contemporary take. A good example is uh, one of their signature dishes for lunch, mince on toast. And it's beef mince, with a poached egg served on potato cake with toasted ciabatta. It is just fantastic. And then you've got the really nice slices like ginger and pistachio slice, which is a do not miss. Fair enough. Sounds nice. I'm hungry now.
2: Uh, Castle Hill is a major with the Instacrowd, isn't it, on the Great Alpine Highway? It certainly
0: is. Um, So you've hauled your way from the plains up Porter's Pass and then the Castle Hill Basin unfurls its glory. It's the movie location that has made the rock formations at Castle Hill so famous because they appeared in the Chronicles of Narnia, and that's why it's become so popular. <clears throat> excuse me, with the Insta crowd, uh, these quite spellbinding limestone rock formations. Some of them tower about thirty meters high, which speaks to the name. Castle Hill because it looks like a fortress, but it's also a conservation refuge because Castle Hill was the first reserve to be established in New Zealand specifically to protect one plant, the Castle Hill Buttercup. And there's only about 67 of these plants left in existence, and this is the only place you will find them. I didn't know that. I, I thought you were going to say to protect the rocks.
2: I thought that would be a bit strange. But uh, so don't go picking up the Castle Hill Buttercup. Um, Arthur's Pass is also packed with amazing walks. What are your top picks? Because i have always trying to decide what's a what's an
0: easy one. Do you reckon? Well, there are so many options, but I think like to get a really good overview of Arthur's Pass, not just the village, but the scenery. The Arthur's Pass walking track. Is like a highlights reel, so it will take you about two and a half hours, and it leads you all the way to the highway summit, the Arthur Dobson Memorial, which actually marks um, New Zealand's highest highway crossing at 900 metres above sea level. The summer alpine flowers, by the way, they are out in force around that um, summit. Um, Supreme mountain views. You really do feel like you are in the jaws of alpine splendor. Um, And it's quite an easy walk. It's quite a long walk, but it's easy. And it does include the very frothy Bridal Veil Falls. If you want something shorter, devil's Punchbowl bowl falls it would have to be the most popular day walk in arthur's pass and after the rain those falls they gush like a fire hydrant and from the punch bowl car park you can take a really short walk directly above the oteta railway tunnel so if you want to do something a bit quirky you can if you time it right feel the rumble of a train passing beneath you chris don't mind that now where's a great place to stay Wilderness Lodge, Arthur's Pass. Previously, they catered to the international market before COVID, but they've very much repositioned themselves as, um, you know, sort of Kiwi focused, obviously, now. Um, what I love about this place is it combines nature with comfort. So you've got about 4,000 acres of a working sheep farm around you. Then all of the natural splendour of Arthur's Pass. They do uh, naturalist guided walks uh, from the lodge, fabulous food. Stylish lodgings, um, and it's affordable, affordable alpine luxury. So, if you want to escape the crowds, this is a breathtaking alpine haven. You're with Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Mike Yardley. Now, if you are venturing out on Selwyn's Great Alpine Highway from Christchurch, or perhaps you're just seeking a leisurely lunch among the Vines, an essential stop not far from Christchurch is in West Melton at the boutique brilliance of Melton Estate. And joining us from the venue and the Vines is the Managing Director, Philip Conter. very good uh, day to you. Philip, good to see you. Good morning, Mike. Yep, great to see you too. Uh, lovely day here in West Melton as usual. Philip, um, give us the beginner's guide, the background to Melton Estate. How long have you been a wine and hospitality venue?
1: Well, in uh, 2022, we're celebrating 20 years at Melton Estate. Um, It's it's kept improving and changing and growing as customer demand and ideas come on board. Uh, This year, we're going to be harvesting our first crop from some new vines from Chardonnay, Uh, The venue is really well set up for weddings, lunch, people's events, 21st, 30th, 50th, whatever whatever you're doing. And um, the customers just uh, keep
0: giving us new ideas of what uh, we can do here at Melton Estate. That is superb. What about West Melton and the terroir of West Melton? I mean, um, are the the grapes suited uh, to the locality? What particular grapes do well?
1: Well, if you think about Blenheim, if you think about Hawke's Bay, if you think about uh, Central Targo, we're all talking about hot, sort of dry country and, and Blenheim is, you know, riverbed country. Well, that's the same as West Melton. You know, it's, it's, we're on the Waimak riverbed. And even in our uh, little block of 12 acres or so, there's sandy bits, there's clay bits, there's rocky bits, there's really nice soil. And it changes across even that block there. So, yeah, the climate is really well set up for growing grapes. Um, we smelt burn Burnham. There's been a number of vineyards over the years coming and going. And maybe with climate change, there's going to be more. But uh, what we like here is sort of the summer we're having now, which is that uh, hot during the day, cool during the night, that's great for growing Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Riesling, Pinot Gris, the sort of things that, that we're growing here now. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the land, the sun, the... Um the grapes are really well set up for, in West Melton.
0: That is what surprised me, Philip, actually, just the sheer range of wines that uh, you produce uh, because I'm sure some people who've come across Melton Estate will think of uh, a particular variety, maybe a particular bottle, headlined by the name uh, Summer Love. But, um, yeah, you do span a very wide range, don't you? Yes. Well, we try, and
1: I think, you know, the, what we're trying to do here is be a place where people can have a celebration, be it two people, be it 100 people. And so what we wanted to do was to make sure there was a good range of wine for people to enjoy. Now, some people just like Sauvignon Blanc, and that's what they like. Other people like to change and and try different things. Uh, So right now there's nine different wines um, here, and so people are always going to find one or two or more that they like, It just seems to work out really well for them.
0: I mentioned Summer Love because it is just so synonymous with Melton Estate. What's been the secret of that success behind Summer Love? Because Riesling itself can be seen by some as an acquired taste. How did it come about, Summer Love?
1: You're right, Mike. Um, Summer Love, it just keeps getting bigger and it's hard to know (laughs) where it's going to go. But What happened was I I tried a wine in um, the Yarra Valley, actually, Um, and I came and spoke to the winery team and said, this is the sort of wine that we need for people to, well, have celebrations. I want it to be fresh, spritzy, but also low in alcohol. Um, And so that was how we started. Uh, And, yep, racing is the core of it, but there's there's a little secret ingredient in there of a bit of Pinot Noir, which gives it that colour and a, and a bit of the strawberry flavour. But uh, the name Summer Love, well, sorry to say it was three guys standing around at a barbecue who thought of that. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't some great consumer panel or anything, but people just love it. They love the name. I think maybe it started because people came here for a wedding. They enjoyed that celebration. They enjoyed the wine. And and through the events that we go to, through uh, some of our customers who have the wine um in some some places around Canterbury, it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, just the last few weeks, I've been hearing about people who've been given a bottle and they're now ringing us up saying, well, where did we get it from? How do I get it? Because they enjoyed it so much. So it's the gift that keeps on giving if I use that old term.
0: And alongside wine tasting and and cellar door sales at Melton Estate, um, I was really impressed to see how you've created a vine trail. You do your own tours. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, the um well wine tasting if you go to to some wineries can be a bit formal and stuffy and what we want to do is make it a bit more fun and actually um a customer rang me and and she said look i've got uh five friends and what we want to do is we want to come and taste wine but we don't want to stand around and just analyze it well i said why don't we go for a walk uh in the vineyard um and um, we'll take a wine and we'll go into the rows where those grapes were grown for that particular wine. And uh, so we did five or six wines or so. And what came out of it was some really great fun questions and, and the banter amongst each other worked out really well. It wasn't analytical about the wine. It was just, hey, it was very interesting. So what we created was this uh, vine trail where people can either Walk it themselves, and they can go into the Pinot Noir, the Chardonnay, the reason where the Summer Love's from, or um, as I had uh, a couple of people in yesterday, they've booked for me to take them into those rows and and to talk about it. And so what's what's come out of it is people who, who either don't know much about wine or want to learn a bit more about wine, or you know have heard about the Summer Love story, they come here, they have their tasting. And Then everybody stays on for a bit of food and, and maybe another glass of wine. So, again, um, it's just a part of the way that we run things for with great hospitality.
0: That's fantastic. Is
1: it a family friendly destination? Well, yes, you know, there's, there's plenty of room, um, for the kids to, to play in. Um, and and I should say, Mike, it's very accessible too. There's uh, uh, step free straight into the restaurant from the car park and ramps to get people around. Um, and the other day, in fact, we had someone who joined us on a on a, uh, a um, wine tasting tour in the vineyard in a wheelchair, and it was great for them to go all the way into right next to the vines and do that. So, yep, we have people of all ages here, um, little kids right up to, well, um, uh, we had my mum who's 85 here the other day. So, you know, people
0: just love it. That's wonderful. Obviously, it's a very versatile venue and you play host to all sorts of celebrations, private functions, weddings, corporate events. Um, you cater to all, right? Yep. We, we um, like I said,
1: we're in the celebration uh, business. That's our focus. And... Just this week, there's been people planning events. Maybe they've come back from their break. So we've got a 21st uh, coming up. We've got a 30th. We've got uh, a 50th. Uh, Yesterday, there was four people in for lunch who were having a wedding anniversary. Um, There's people coming for uh, meetings. Um, I'm also working with a company that's going to help us do team building and use the lawns around the vineyard for team events and then use the inside for their meetings. So... Every day it's different, and that what's what makes it really interesting here for us as well.
0: Now, I know you're a, a very assertive uh, entrepreneur when it comes to getting the great message of Melton State out to the wider world, and you are going to be present at a number of upcoming events. Tell us about those, Philip. Well, uh, this time of year uh, is commonly events.
1: Of course, some events have been postponed from other times, but the next one that's coming up is the South Island Wine and Food Festival, and uh, – it's a very well-run event, uh, lots of wineries there. Um, we will be pouring uh, lots of summer love that day, particularly if it's a hot day. Uh, but there's other two events that we go to which are worth noting, the Women's Lifestyle Expo and the Food Show. Uh, both are, uh, are great events for people to to come, talk about wine, try some wine, and take some wine home as well. Um, it's really nice catching up with people and, and talking about uh,
0: you know, how they've enjoyed
1: Melton Estate in the past or or if they want to learn more,
0: no problem. Well, to find out more about the wonderful world of Melton Estate just head to the website meltonestate.co.nz I wish you all the very best for 2022, Philip, and um, great to check out uh, the estate recently and uh, we will catch up soon. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Mike. Great talking to you.
1: Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break.
0: Bounded by the Rakaia and Waimakureti Rivers and stretching from the coast to Arthur's Pass National Park, Selwyn serves up an astonishing variety of landscapes, country towns and villages, extraordinary wilderness adventures and road trips to remember. For more trip inspiration, head to selwyn.nz. You're with Kiwi
2: Tripsters as we delve into the variety of sights and delights in Selwyn. Shortly, we'll take you to Lake Coleridge and Terrace Downs. But Mike thinks a greatest Selwyn experience is delivered by alpine jet thrills. And I would agree with you. I did that recently. The team are lovely. They are so experienced. You can do different types of attractions, uh, whether it's your boat or the other thing that floats across the water. What an amazing company, Mike.
0: It seriously is a signature South Island experience Uh, just five minutes from Springfield on the upper reaches of the Waimakariri river. I think it's probably best described as a triple pronged attraction because they've got three strings to their bow, Alpine jet thrills. um, They are more than just about rides. It's the whole scenic experience celebrating the sense of place. So you've got jet boat world on site. Now this is a museum worthy heritage showcase of all things, jet boats, um, and the WIMAC, as it's fondly known, of course, is no stranger to jet boats because this is where the development of Bill Hamilton's invention started back in the late 1950s. And Paul Vernell and Paul Mullen, yeah, they deliver a world-class experience uh, with uh, their two rides uh, on a jet boat and also the airboat tours.
2: Yeah, the airboat, I've done that as well. It is absolutely outstanding. And the team, I'm not just saying this, they're they're wonderful. And they're a lovely kind of South Island family that really want to make sure that you have a a good time. It kind of feels like they could be your neighbours, your friendly neighbours taking you out on a a trip. There's not that sense of, um, you know, sometimes some sewer guy. Some tour guides, rather, can be kind of a bit over the yep. top, you know? And yep. you sort of think, okay, just give me the niceness. Yeah. But they're really decent people. And that uh, jetboat World uh, Museum yeah. is pretty impressive too, isn't oh. it? Just seeing all… Seeing some of those different boats from from different kind of generations and seeing how far we've come, it's quite outstanding. It's something yeah. I think New Zealanders need to check out. It's kind of part of
0: our history. It certainly is. And, I mean, I don't know if Bill Hamilton's been given uh, the, the credit he probably deserves. I mean, he is sort of like… The Edmund Hillary of the water, I think, in many respects. I mean, he, he's the guy that took a jet boat down the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. You know, yeah. Americans didn't know what the hell he was doing. So, yeah, a pretty impressive character. He's sort of like a Burt Munro, you know? I think there needs to be a movie
2: yeah. made on Bill Hamilton. Um, And there there are different uh, jet boat rides you can do as well, but if you're going down that y you really can't go wrong. It's just incredible, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. In those upper reaches, you can do what they call the canyon safari. So you do feel like you're in a canyon um, as you go through the foothills of the Southern Alps. And these – towering granite cliff faces glaring down imperiously at you. Um, So, yeah, you'll marvel over the canyon walls, the waterfalls. You'll see exposed fault ruptures in the rock face, some of the old pioneer tramping huts, and the soaring viaducts of the Midland Railway Line, which, of course, is traversed by the coal trains and the Transalpine. It is so wild and rugged and woolly, and uh, driver Paul – throws in a bucket load of 360 Hamilton spins. I have taken quite a few jet boat rides around New Zealand. I honestly think this one is really special. I agree. Did you do the airboat ride Oh, I was so excited about this because I only discovered a few weeks ago that these guys have brought um, airboat riding to New Zealand. They are the only commercial operator of airboat um, rides in our country. And it's funny, actually, because the very last international experience I had before COVID changed our world was on an airboat in the Florida Everglades before I flew home. So... It was just so much fun to get back on board what they call Air Force Two, their airboat, for a 20-minute airboat ride. And you feel like a levitating monk, you know, just sort of hovering above the water as it skims the stones. In the shallowest of water, it's amazing what it can navigate. Um, so I really do recommend you check out the 20-minute airboat rides. Totally agree with that. Now, uh, earlier we talked about the Great
2: Alpine Highway. Uh, what about the inland scenic route? Yeah, this is Highway 77. And once
0: again, at number 77. 77. Uh, and it's tailor-made for sightseeing. It sort of uh, is like an arc right across Selwyn, close to uh, the mountains. And in those rolling foothills on the inland scenic route, Highway 77, you will find Gunya Country. The great alpine route. <laughs> the inland scenic route, Chris. You will find Gunya. Number 77. You will find Gunya Country. Estate. He should have been a coach to a driver, Chris Lynch. Uh, Now, Gunya Country Estate is this magnificent rural retreat in Horodata, and it's got such a great history. So you can stay in the old rural homestead. There are. um, full-service accommodation options or self-catering options if you want to stay out in the stable hand quarters or the granary. The best thing of all I reckon about Gunya the estate's gardens are just spectacular. Uh, and they're about 110 years old, so definitely something worth checking out. Okay, what about... Hot air ballooning. Have you done that? Yes, I have. There is something soothing about the morning calm in the Canterbury high country. Uh, So rise with the sparrows. And if you do want to jump in a hot air balloon, head to Hororata in Selwyn for an elevated experience with ballooning Canterbury. Now, Michael Oakley's family owned and operated business is going to be celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Michael himself is one of New Zealand's top balloonists with about 25 years of experience aloft. So it is a very romantic escapist sort of sensation floating effortlessly for about an hour or so over the Canterbury Plains backed by those towering mountains. And on a very still day, it must be remarkable. Now, how about a great hike? Give me one. Oh, yes. Also in Selwyn, Canterbury's all-time favourite day walk, Washpen Falls. So from Hororata... It's about 15 minutes drive uh, in Wind Whistle to reach Washpen Falls. And this little pocket of paradise is where Moa once roamed in an ancient volcanic canyon. You'll need to be reasonably fit because there are some gnarly uphill sections. Overall, it's about a two-hour adventure walk. It's privately owned and operated, so there's a $10 charge at the entrance. It's essentially to cover track maintenance. But at the top of the climb, you are rewarded with the most tub-thumping views across the Canterbury Plains to the sea. And as you descend back down the canyon, the track will take you along sparkling spring-fed creeks, more waterfalls, and they create the longest uh, tributary of the Hororata River. Beautifully set, this place. A rustic covered shelter beside the lake blends beautifully with the surroundings. Just the place you just want to have a picnic. It really is a stunner.
2: I must be the only person who hasn't done that yet because there's so many people who have done the Washburn Fills and it does look absolutely amazing. Um, anything anything else of note in the inland scenic route that you particularly liked, Mike? Well, I do love
0: how visible from the road on Highway 77, uh, an iconic Selwyn property, Homebush Stables. Now, this is uh, part of the ancestral home of Canterbury pioneers, William and John Dean's. And of course, uh, their home came crashing down in the 2010 earthquake, right? But five Mm. generations of the Dean's family have farmed at Homebosch since 1851. And those stables are still there, a Category 1 heritage-listed building from the 1870s. And they've got a museum within those buildings with a wide-ranging collection of Um, exhibits about pioneer and country life on the Canterbury Plains. So if you want to uh, go inside the museum, uh, I know they do group tours. They can be arranged on the website. You're with Kerry
2: Tripsters. Now, Mike, uh, where should you head if you want to taste a bit of high country food? Farming
0: experience? Well, I pointed the car towards Lake Coleridge, Chris, just off Highway 77, and I headed for Middle Rock Station for a riveting farm tour experience. Now, this station is bordered by the rakaia River, and the property farms about 7,000 Corriadale sheep. Bruce and Lynn Neal are your hosts, and they have been farming at Middle Rock since the early 70s. Uh, and recently, they were joined by their daughter, Charlotte, and her husband. But their station was originally a ballot block settled by Bruce's father, and these were given out after World War II. Previously, it was part of the enormous Snowden pastoral run, which goes way back to you know your pioneer days. But the Nells are the last ballot family, still farming in the Lake Coleridge area, with many of the others snapped up as corporate farms or internationally owned farms. The tours by appointment generally span about three hours, but very much recommended. Okay. And they're environmentally conscious too, which people are kind of liking these days, aren't they? They are. I think there is a greater interest in what we hear about regenerative farming is all about. And yeah, um, yeah, these guys are really passionate environmental stewards. Uh, Middle Rock has scooped so many awards in recognition of their regenerative practices and the love of the land. Um, And it's a very hands-on farm tour. So after I helped Bruce and Charlotte and her children traffic manage the relocation of a rather large flock of sheep, um, an unexpected highlight was seeing the source of the Selwyn River which originates essentially on their land is an alpine spring, pure running Selwyn River water um, running through their station. Um, their high country views are just incredible, and the terrain is just all lovely and rolling and undulating. I was intrigued by the sight of this natural landmark they have on their property, which inspired the spa- uh, station's name, Middle Rock. Sounds like Fraggle Rock, doesn't it? Middle Rock nice. is this glacial, what they call a glacial floater. So it's this monstrous living room sized rock that got wedged <laughs> in the top of a hill um, as the glacier retreated. And it's been there ever since, it hasn't moved apparently, but it just protrudes southwards at the top of the hill on the station. Um But yeah, there's a lot of magic to be enjoyed at Middle Rock with the charming Nell family.
2: Sounds nice. Now, 10 minutes west of Middle Rock brings
0: you to the village of Lake Coleridge. Yes, and it's home to the government's first hydro station, the Coleridge Power Station, which does look like something out of a Charles Dickens novel. It just looks ancient and Victorian. It was completed in 1914, uh, built mainly to supply power to Christchurch. Today it generates about 4% of New Zealand's hydro power, so quite a small station, but it's like the little station that just keeps on ticking. Um, And you've got this fabulous stroll at Lake Coleridge Village um, through Harry Hart's trees. So Harry Hart was in charge of the power station about a century ago, right? And he decided, look, we need to make this place um, somewhat more desirable and shady. So he planted the area with many of the world's really big conifer trees. And his stirring legacy today just graces the village with all of these shady, pitch-perfect picnic spots under all of his prized specimens. Something a bit quirky in Lake Coleridge, in 1915, a show home was built very close to the power station, and it was a show home to sort of showcase the brilliance of electricity in the home. So they call it the electric cottage, right? And it's now privately owned, but it's um, been immaculately restored. It's like a chocolate box cottage, and you can see it when you take a bit of a walk around the village. Sounds very nice. And nearby, I like the sounds of, uh, these other. Lots of walks you can do, right? A lot of walking galore. This is so you, Chris. Walking galore. Backed by the Southern Alps, Lake Coleridge is loaded with high country trails. Uh, one of the best if you're up for something a bit intrepid. A three to four hour return slog up and down Peak Hill. Uh, the views, spectacular. The start is marked with a dock sign on elgidus Road, uh, which is about 10 minutes drive from Lake Coleridge Village. And then you cross a paddock, then have a steep uphill climb to a ridge before you have a more gradual ascent to the summit. So you do need to take your water. You do need decent shoes. But as I say, the views are spectacular. The great reward. And I'm so
2: glad we're talking about this because, you know, while all our borders remain closed, there are so many things we can do here. Another one is Terrace Downs Resort, which recently reopened.
0: It did. Um, It had a bit of a trouble, like many major hotel operations did with COVID. So it was closed for a while, but it's so uplifting to see Terrace Downs Back in action, reopened, revitalised and humming again under its new owner's CPG Hotel. So it's the location which I think people just love about Terrace Downs, perched on the edge of the Rakaia River. You're right at the foot of Mount Hart. And it's amazing when you just look out of your villa window on the private balcony and you just watch the weather go by and just how fickle the weather is. Stuff rolls in, rolls out. Um, the wide open views of those ridges, the hills, the hills, all of that tussock mopped terrain, it really is quite special. The accommodation's very stylish, very spacious. Um, as I say, I had a private balcony at my little villa, and I just loved watching that light, the shifting light. True magic.
2: Yeah, it is. What about the dining options there? What's the Clubhouse, uh, the Clubhouse restaurant like
0: yeah, very, very good. Once again, all about the view. So as you tuck into your wheat for breakfast, for example, you're just looking out at the foot of Mount Hutter's low clouds scud by. Um, but the restaurant is, uh, is very inclusive. So you don't have to be staying at Terrace Downs to enjoy breakfast, lunch or dinner or all day snacks there. Um, It's open to all. Uh, You can dine fireside or out on the deck if the weather is wooing you outdoors. Um, I highly recommend for dinner, you go for the uh, set two or three course menu because it's sort of like the chef's choice. And I really recommend the Aura King Salmon Filet with citrus risotto, seasonal greens and herb hollandaise. Just wonderful. And for dessert, Chris, this would have to be the dessert of summer for me, Whittaker's Dark Chocolate tort with Marlborough Sea Salt Caramel Ice Cream. Man, that is a knockout at Terra Stands. Oh, that sounds nice. That
2: sounds nice. Minus the sea salt. I don't get the latest craze really? of putting salt and caramel. No, I it's don't the, do sea salt. I think
0: it's just that whole sweet and sour thing, you know?
2: Yeah, caramel is fine. doesn't need sweet salt, okay. so we'll have to get rid of that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's uh, this edition for Kiwi Trips. Thank you so much for joining
0: us. Indeed, and be sure to like our Facebook page and our show notes uh, for this episode are available on the website kiwitripsters.co.nz also you can check out our companion articles on Selwyn at fortheloveoftravel.nz oh fancy we've taken away the co have we we have fortheloveoftravel.nz
2: good on you breaking things down we (laughs) like that plus we'd love for you to rate us and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast platform of your choice we will catch you again in a fortnight stay well take care And that's a wrap for
1: this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to?